Hey everyone, just a quick before we get into this episode of Double DM. If you are a new time listener looking for a new show about TTRPGs filled with advice and inspiration, that's great because we are exactly what you're looking for. But I just want to give you a heads up that you do not have to listen to all episodes we have released from episode 1 all the way to the newest, but rather can skip right to the topic that interests you the most or just the newest episode you find. None of our episodes have any continuity whatsoever and are a complete discussion from start to finish each and every single week. These first and older episodes of the show are by today's double DM standards not the best audio quality. I won't stop you from listening to them, but I just want to give you the heads up that this is not the audio quality we have right now in the newest episodes and if you want better audio quality just skip to a newer episode and then get convinced if you enjoy this show. So just skip to the episode you want and listen in, enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome, beautiful people out there, to the WDM podcast. I am, as always, when it comes to an episode with an even number, your host, Emil, and I have my lovely co-host with me, Nils. How are you? Hello. Yeah, I'm doing actually pretty fine. How are you? I am doing pretty great. Uh, we have just completed an anime opening quiz. Oh, yeah, we so... did. <laughs> that was um, weird. How was that for you? Uh, interesting, to say the least. It was an easy qu um, questionnaire to say, but um, yeah, there were either you know them right from the start, the name, or mm -hmm. you try to struggle to find it in your head and then just don't get the name at all. Yeah, that's how these quizzes most of the time work, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there is always this uh, either you know it because you've watched it and you love it or you don't recognize it at all because you've either skipped the opening or just didn't think about the anime in any way no um but enough about anime <laughs> yeah probably uh, let's talk about ttrpgs right now that's I, why we're here i guess i think we are yeah so so <laughs> first before we get into the TTRPG stuff, just a quick weekly recap to say. So, yes. what happened in your week? I had a great session yesterday on Sunday, mm -hmm. the 7th of March. Um, it was quite interesting as a session because it was the first session after I've completed one of the chapters in my campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get into the story arcs and chapters, but... I have structured my game in chapters um, that are that that where you can't really see the end and beginning of a chapter if you if if I won't tell the players. Mm -hmm. So they finished a chapter where they were supposed to defend a village from gnolls and raid attacks, and they successfully did that in their last battle against those gnolls uh, in a big giant battle around the city with some guards from the city watch uh, nearby from uh, a 
an own trained militia and something. That's where the, so, you use the mass combat rules, right? I used the mass combat rules there because I had around 40 units to uh, uh, control on the human side and around 50 on mm -hmm. the gnoll, uh, on the null side, which was just incapable, which I am just incapable of handling. So yeah, I used a lot. those rules. Um, yeah, it was great. They finished it, they beat it, and now they went back to the city of Hofluss. Mm -hmm. or high stream if you wanted to translate it to english which is just a, a big city in the mountains and yeah there they uh, were informed that uh, uh, it seems the borders are closing to the neighboring country of tierra mm -hmm. um from the country they are in so the borders are closing because tierra uh, closed their borders off and uh, basically declared any witchcraft uh, spell casting or anything that is not um holy in their land uh, uh which uh heresy and will burn everyone at on the pyres for doing that all right so just holy magic is allowed and nothing else well or even the holy magic I, stuff I, I imagined it's something like um they have this this uh religion of a holy flame of of of, of a one true god which is the king of the country because he has a god complex but mm -hmm. um basically it's this religion of we have this eternal fire and everything that is blessed by that fire is supposed to uh be holy magic so there is no it's not like divination magic is allowed and uh, uh, arcane magic is not. It's more just clerics of that particular religion are allowed. I see. Mm -hmm. Even if they cast the same spells as someone else. But the power coming from a different source is forbidden there. All right. Yes, yes, basically. And this was... Somewhat the first hint at what, in the, what what will come in the story. I can't actually get into what will happen in the story because at least two of my players are hearing this. So yeah, that would be Masi and Zünke. I know you are hearing this. I don't know when you are hearing this, but I know you are. So please, yeah, appreciate what I have did for you. Well, actually, they won't because <laughs> one of these uh, Marcy's character, uh, a gnome artificer, wanted to come to wanted to go to the country for wanted to go to another country for which she had to move through Tierra, which is now not possible because she casts magic. <laughs> so she needs to find a way around or somewhere uh, uh, into Mivos again, into another country she wants to get in. Which is quite interesting, um, how she will do it and seeing her try it. But yeah, that was an amazing session, but that was a few weeks back. This session now was more of a, you can go shopping, you do everything you need before we come and we go into the next chapter of this campaign. Basically some sort of downtime session. Yes, uh, a week, a day of downtime. Yeah. Uh, because they realized, okay... Um, the whole army of this country we are in is getting drawn to the border or anywhere into the camps, back into the camps to reform them. Uh, to, not reform, but uh, to, to, to get new formations out there, yeah. uh, make special training and all that. Uh, plus the borders are closed and uh, they, 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 that's the first time they really got into, into the political side of stuff that will happen in this campaign, probably, if my players want to. And 
yeah, I also had one thing, and I know since Marcy is hearing this, um, which is the player of uh, Fawn. Fawn uh, is a curious little artificer girl, gnome, gnome artificer. And she wanted um, uh, a tarot card reading from the uh, fortune teller on this, in the city. And that was quite fun because obviously we all know is vague, vaguely how tarot card reading works. It's stuff you, it's, it's stuff that's supposed to help you, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, uh, you can do whatever you want with it. Um, I'm not saying that it, it that it doesn't work or that it does work, but uh, whatever uh, you believe in is probably the best for you. Um, yeah, and I did that with the, these special tarot cards. I know the people can't see them, but you can, which are um, the Shadowrun tarot cards because I don't have any other tarot I, cards. I think I used them in a session where we played at your house where John that DM'd. Could, that could be, but these are mine, not John's. Yeah, yeah but I think I used <laughs> yeah, some but, uh, but similar set. Yeah. So uh, I had these tarot cards. I had only... Uh, I, I need to thank Chaotic Stupid uh, Media for this, Keaton, um, because he told me how he did his in, on his stream, and I more or less adapted it with only the major arcanas, uh, so only real major stuff. I, I laid three cards for my player, um, and basically the past, the present, the future, and that fit really well together. It, 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 it uh, obviously as the DM, you have that knowledge of, of their past and what vaguely comes in the future. So you can easily do uh, in-game tarot card readings because you somehow can control in which direction the story goes so the tarot cards actually make sense or not. Yeah. I see. Whatever floats your story, mm -hmm. which is amazing, which is absolutely amazing. And then if you and just put a little real-life sleight of hand in there to slip the right tarot cards you need for... Yeah, since she does not see the tarot cards, I could have took yeah. taken every tarot card, but I don't even know all of the 22 major arcanas in my head. I, yeah, I, could, yeah, I couldn't name one. Tarot reading actually. is complicated. So I just took the little book that is with these tarot cards and basically just um, yeah, read out of the book uh, and interpreted in some way which is applicable to the character and it actually made re a lot of sense and I see that so much self-doubt and this cheerful, self-confident gnome artificer girl mm. which is now just should we really help these innocent people? Like won't that backfire on us or something? <laughs> it's amazing. All it's right. amazing because I have to say this is the first time I have seen a character in my campaigns at least roleplay is significant, a, a real significant change in their character playstyle. Not just, All right. okay, I am normally cheerful and now I'm sad because XY NPC died, but um, obviously that is also character change, but now I can really see how she is self-doubting every move she does. Some And that is amazing. Some sort of major character trait change, maybe. That's, it was a big change. That's and some... Now the, yeah. Now the campaign is about self-fulfillment and uh, about finding... Is what these tarot cards actually tell you true or not? 
do you decide your own future or not? This is something I, I, I love to explore. I already did it once, so I don't think I will do it as big uh, again because we already did that with the same group nearly. Well, it's the same group, actually. It's the same four players that did this before, um, which was a sci-fi campaign about self-fulfillment and destiny and uh, finding uh, if everything is already pre-planned by destiny for you. Yeah, uh, and I like it a lot. I liked that one a lot, that, that tarot card reading. It, it really felt great. Yeah, congratulations then. If it went well, <laughs> so, uh, there's nothing much bad you can tell about it. That's good. Yeah. You, uh, you have some stuff. <clears throat> yeah, nothing major, just my kitchen again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> today we started unloading every all, uh, all the old shelves and cupboards and stuff like that to make room for the new stuff, the new cupboards, which will be delivered mm. on Monday the 15th, and then we will get mm. into the building, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, so basically that's that was the week for me. To, uh, tomorrow I have a um, barber's appointment. Oh, finally. Yeah. Right? After, let me check. It's great to have one. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it It was five to six months ago. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. That's long. My hair is nearly reaching my chin right now. Oh my it, God. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, it was. It's like up to here uh, to up Holy. right under the mouth. That's, that's long. I mean, I have to say with how thick, thick my hair is, this would just stand till here. Like... My hair will just build up. Yeah. It won't fall anything down. It like it just goes up. That what uh, that is what ha what's happening around my ears. So I'm glad for these huge headphones covering yeah. stuff up. But I have to say yeah. oh I know no no no, 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 I, no you but yeah well you can't go out anyway. I wanted to get something in into the really catch up, but yeah. uh, you should talk. Yeah, th uh, that's actually it. I don't have anything else. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to shout out uh, a specific person or two specific specific persons. English hard, my brain German. Um, these people, um, which are Kaylee and Sam from the Raven and Riddle Dicery. Um, are just having a Kickstarter Uh, for their first dice collection, the fairy tale collection, which look absolutely Cat, gorgeous. You, you sent me the link. It is just insane it, how good these sons of bitches look. This is amazing. Oh, it's amazing. The raven symbol on the two on 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 the side on, on one of the sides is amazing. The color combinations oh are just insanely good. Mm hmm. I will quickly check if uh, the, the exact Twitter handle. It's at Raven and Riddle. Simple as that. They've just hit 550 followers and they have the Kickstarter still running when this episode comes out. So if you guys hearing this, listening to this, can support them in any way with your pledge, you should do that. <laughs> 
Yeah, they, the dice are amazing. I actually have to say, I am in no way, and WDM is also not, in no way affiliated with these guys. I love the dice. I love the people making and, and, and promoting them. I love everything they do, but I am in no way affiliated with them because maybe I have done the last week around 20 tweets about them only. So they they actually said uh, we would like to say that we are in no way affiliated with Martha, with, with master over space so just to be sure that no one thinks that i actually receive a payment from them for this we just admire the guys that's all doing this because i really think they deserve it yeah yeah so should we get with that done should we get into today's topic Yes, this topic was decided on Twitter, actually, yeah. in a poll. Um, Story Arcs won the poll by f uh, with 40% of the vote votes and home rules coming in with a close second of 36%. That will be uh, um, going live next week, then. Yes, obviously. Yep. Um, so, what is a Story Arc? Well... It, part of your whole story you are crafting with your players together. Not the whole thing as, uh, at a, as a whole, but um, the parts that make your campaign a campaign and not just a one-shot or a small adventure. Well, you, you, you obviously you also have story arcs in movies and uh, theater shows. So I would say those are one shots of a campaign, you could say. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. one shot also has a story arc, right? Yeah, exactly. One story arc and a campaign has yeah. multiple. So um, the campaign is made out of multiple story arcs linking somehow but it, together, but it, do, it do, does not have to have it, multiple. Is, it, is, it is at least one story arc in the campaign. Exactly. But it is at max one in a one shot. Exactly. Because if you, well, if anyone can uh, put two story arcs the complete way into a one shot of four hours, I'm impressed. And I want to know how you did it. And I want to know if it actually was any good. Because that feels like it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um putting multiple story branches and arcs into a short session of maybe at most seven hours or eight hours seems like a lot because TTRPGs drag a little more than movies do because you have way more freedom as a player to do whatever you want. So it mm -hmm. isn't um, that fast-paced um, time-wise, but action-wise it can be even faster-paced than a movie. Mm -hmm. Because some actions yes. like a 20-second combat can drag on for three hours, which is awesome stuff, but in um, in-world time it would be like 20, second, uh, 20 seconds that just took place over three hours of your play session. So um, the real-life time pacing is really stretched, but the in-game time pacing can be a little faster than movies manage to do it. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, let's talk about what is a story arc in the traditional sense of media. <laughs> well, I think basically it is um, you start with uh, it has a start and a finish, of course. Um, you start by if it hadn't if it hadn't a finish yeah, or a start, that would be weird. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing, actually. You, you could try to yeah, you can do that. You could do that <laughs> with a with maybe a TTRPG campaign. Yeah, exactly. Just but but the, but the problem is you still need you give your players context yeah. of what they are actually doing, which is the introduction again. Exactly. So and the open endedness is every campaign that has not finished yet. True. Or that has broken apart. It, uh, it would be a fun challenge actually again. to do one with no start and or and or no finish. Would be yeah. Would be an interesting challenge. I wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> as a fun challenge, if you, if you like to do stuff like that, sure, why not? But I don't know how you would want to how you want to try that because. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, if you if, if 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 you would drop your players into a war setting, for example, and drop them into a fight, then okay, yeah, they fight. But while they are fighting, they have an enemy. They see this enemy. They they know what this enemy is, right? Yeah. You can't deny them that you're not telling them what this enemy is, or give them any information of what is happening around them. Yeah, it just which is the, the introduction to them again. Yeah, it, short, it just shortens the start of the story arc, not just completely mm-hmm. deleting it. You will always you, you always need an introduction. Always need some sort of finish, even if that finish is open ended. Like it's the last hit. It's it's like you before the boss fight starts, you finish. There's still a finish somewhat because, yeah. but yeah, it's a, it would be a little weird. Um, so, mm-hmm. back to story arcs. A story arc usually has a start and a finish, um, and some. Uh, it is called climax. So, mm-hmm. the high point of tension in your campaign, or in your story arc. Um, we are talking about the uh, Gustav Freytag uh, interpretation, interpretation, right? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> it's this introduction, rise, climax, return, or fall, catastrophe, right? Kind this of pyramid structure. Kind of, but a little shifted. Okay. It's the way I yeah. usually hear about story arcs. Um, yeah. You have a long rise of tension through different problems or events that happen, which conclude mm-hmm. in a large climax in terms of TRPG, maybe um, the boss battle, for example. And then just a little time after that, calming the tension down and um, tying up all loose ends that came through yes. all the actions the characters did. And that would be the classic or one of the classic story arcs if you want to say it like that mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yes, start this, the, the, riser through events of ten uh riser of tension through events climax resolution yes this uh, freytag analysis of story arcs is you have an introduction then you have the rise of your hero mm-hmm. of the story hero not being the winner of the story or anything, hero being just the protagonist. Yeah. 
you then have the climax, you then have the return or the fall of the hero, and then the catastrophe. This is now for uh, tragedies, right? Because mm -hmm. you have two different sides of classic drama. Tragedies and comedies. And this is actually really good how uh, you can also, in my opinion, classify TTRPG campaigns in, in general. You have the people that really try to play an upbeat kind of game. This is not about role-playing or table uh uh, feeling but about what is happening in the game you can have a game about tragedy or a game which is just about comedy um the heroes win the heroes lose something like yeah, that but comedy in the broadest sense possible well comedy in the broadest sense is just the hero wins yeah so, um, so a classic hero story basically yes following mm. the rise of the hero through training their challenges and eventually overcoming their challenges to reach their goal. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, uh, story arcs, but I, I think you can do story arcs in any way you want, as long as it's somewhat of this, of this arc structure. So, uh, Not arc the game, but arc the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the geo geometric geometric shake. Yeah. Not geological, <laughs> not geographical. Geolod <laughs> geometrical <laughs> shape. <laughs> so I hate myself. So some sort of you need some sort of distinct high point of tension. I would say during yes. that to make it interesting. You need you, you need a point where you start, and that needs to be your well, not your baseline, but... D depending on um, where you want to go after the story arc, you can have the resol uh, resolute tension a little higher than the start tension, than the starting tension. Obviously. Because then you can connect different story arcs to make an overreaching... What, what you need is you need a high point and you need a low point, and yeah. you need to put these points somewhere where they make sense. The low point can be the start, and the high point can actually be the finish. Yeah, this this could just be a rising graph. It could, but also it could, can also be just a falling one. Um, and this is just a graph of tension. Like obviously, you want your uh, in a good story arc, depending on the length, obviously, because if you if your story arc only revolves around three sessions or so, you can't really you can every session change the level of tension in some way but it's not that easy and with if you have very long story arcs you can easily maneuver a, a, a level of tension to where you want it to around. be yes um introducing stakes introducing uh, new enemies introducing tragedy uh, or maybe even new allies if, if you want to rise the tension one of the easiest ways you can do that is by killing off an npc yeah You've heard it here first, people. Killing off NPCs is a good way to make your story arc better. One thing I like to do in story arcs actually is um, let them face the boss in quotation marks of the story arc relatively early on and make them see that they can't yet overcome this challenge. So um, mm. slightly rising the tension to, yeah, we have to stop him, but we cannot yet. So we have to get better, stronger, 
faster, harder, whatever. We need to weaken him. Exactly. And so you can um, further, um, after that, you could introduce new allies, for example, mm -hmm. to say, hey, now uh, we got this sort of approach to the problem. This can raise the tension or in this, uh, or even directly after that, kill that new ally as, the, as an NPC. After they shown some tricks, tips, or whatever to the party. Mm -hmm. That can drastically yeah, raise um, the tension. Um, yeah, there, there are several ways of... Well, I, I think as a DM, raising the tension is easier than lowering it. Yeah. Because um, you can introduce new NPCs that help them, which would lower the tension on the players, but not the overall... Story. Tension. Story. Well, it, it, since TTRPGs are more or less two have two driving forces, not one. Like, movies have a, a script which was written by one or a room of people, but this is one driving force. Yep. Uh, theater, theater plays or books were written by one person or at least uh, a group of people, again, that are one driving force. And that's exactly the In reason why you can't uh, directly translate the classic or basic story arc templates to... TTRPGs. Yeah, it's not perfectly because you have yeah. the DM and the players, and I think it's this—it's the DM's job to raise the tension, where they, where your players try to counteract or balance the tension back down by accomplishing stuff. Yeah, you raise the tension by giving them an, uh, a, a challenge, a hurdle, maybe. yeah, a challenge, and they overcome that challenge and then lower the tension again. They can also, um, obviously, the players can raise the tension uh, if they f uh, fuck up their challenge. But you put the challenge in the first there in the first place, so it's still your job to uh, do that somehow. You you need to be the driving force of tension. You control the flow of the game. Your play uh, well. Your players do too. This is not your own. This is not something you need to do alone. But you, as the DM, still control more than the players in a flow in in the flow of the game. So, somewhat, it's your job, your responsibility to move the story forward how you feel fit. So, seeing in black and white. The DM is, the, is um, responsible for raising the tension, and the PCs are responsible for lowering it by accomplishing the challenges the DM gives them. Well, yes, the black and Very white oversimplified, and would be the simplified version, but I, but I don't want to say that because it, it's 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 like a generalization, and yeah. I don't want to do that here. Um, as I said, the DM has my opinion an easier job to in, in introduce stakes into the game players can't go around saying that npc dies now that uh, that city is destroyed well, if they're uh, murder hobos they can yes but they still need to kill the npc yeah because players control not the world but characters in the world they control the protract protagonists what the dm controls the world around them and if you want to look at the story arc again it's 
the story arc story arc focuses on the protagonist and how his journey goes. It goes up, 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 and then down, 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 down. Yeah. It can also go down, 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 up, 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 up. Yeah. And while the players play the crucial role of making sure the characters actually live that story arc and do what they think is best in that situation you as the dm have the overall picture your players don't you don't they don't know what bbeg you throw at them at some point you need to control that you know that you need to plan that there will be a bbeg and when he comes or when they come you need to uh, before that have introduced some stakes like okay we have three months until the world is destroyed that raises the tension level to a maximum yeah because you have a time limit you need to do this or we all die and if they don't you die and if they do yeah they won but there needs to be okay who destroys the world okay this person okay this person is there so you control that person you control the actual stakes that are involved with this the world gets destroyed yeah if it weren't for you the dm the world wouldn't get destroyed your players are there to stop it you are there to make it happen to make it happen but not play against the characters obviously play with them this is a collaborative game or these are collaborative games but you are still the driving force of tension You introduce environmental changes, NPCs, NPCs dying, cities falling. You also introduce, um, obviously, lowering, lowering tension. If, an, if a high-level NPC helps the PC, PCs out with a problem, that is lowering the tension a bit, but it's your driving force to control the tension. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what do you usually do in while crafting your story arcs how much do you prepare okay. what do you prepare how do you start um to what goal do you prepare mm, that's a very hard question yeah and i i actually wrote that question so <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> um <laughs> the thing is with story arcs that i plan my campaigns not so far ahead yeah. i want to see where this is going like I'm, I'm that dm that wants to sit back at some point just see what the players actually decide to do and then do that but i still introduce them i give clues like i introduce a certain name it can be any name a name of a person a place a construct anything and it's their job to find out through their own through their own ways. If they don't want to find out, they don't because they didn't try. But if they try, they they can do that however they want to. And that that is why I I have story arcs not really prepared, but I I, I structure it like I have this arc. Uh, which is called arc X and that arc is uh, separated into little chapters and those chapters play out uh, around 
let's say three to eight or nine sessions at maximum. Yeah. And they can be longer, but I plan for them to be around that time. Um, yeah, and I, I, um, then is the stuff I plan mostly the chapter I am we are in right now because I can say that that chapter more or less is something they will do if they start the chapter on their own in one way and or they another. Will see it to the finish. If a chapter is, a, is is supposed to find person X and inform them of Y, so they do Z, then if the players hear this, uh, get this information, and decide to go look for that person, but through the wrong ways, they still have started that chapter of getting to that person, so they and they want will want to try to finish that task they got yeah so i can say the chapter i am in is something i can pre-plan quite good uh, uh, simply so i can i can maybe do a one-page draft of the whole overview of what the chapter is about mm -hmm. and then when i actually have to play a session i look into this draft and take out the things that I think will get into this story. And when the chapter really starts and I have to prepare, I write this out and prepare and all that stuff. Yeah. But I don't prepare several story arcs at once. I have, I have, I have a full story in mind, but I would never plan the second story arc before we haven't finished the first or are close to finishing the first. Yeah. Same. Do you you do it no way different, right? I, I do it um, similar, but not exactly like mm -hmm. it. I, okay, um, what's the changes? I have a, a broad o overarching story for the whole campaign in mind, just mm -hmm. broadly, where it is supposed to, or can go several things, mm -hmm. or where after several ideas I had maybe could lead if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, and I start by um, doing, of course, the first uh, story arc and never multiple story arcs at once. That's just crazy because you can't adapt on what the characters do. And that's exactly the reason why you can translate the basic story arc template to the TTRPGs because you are not the only, the DM is not the only driving force, as you mentioned. Um, of, uh, first of all, I set a theme for the story arc, like horror or um, politi political classic comedy or tragedy, something like that. Then I start by crafting a goal, what the party is supposed to achieve, and find a general setting where it is supposed to take place. Hmm. After that, I start crafting the or ideas for the climax on what type of climax I want in mm -hmm. in um, unison with the theme of the campaign of the um, campaign or story arc in this case. Um, then I make some notes about the villain, the BBEG of the story arc, and maybe give him some allies for 
um, this master villain to say. So, mm -hmm. so he has a little more options to interact with the world around the characters. Um, okay. And I always like to put in some prophecies or omens which hint at where it is supposed to go, like the tarot card reading. It's a great way to do that. I think that's typical DMing. Yeah. Right? You, you always want to foreshadow your players yeah. because it's such a great tool because you can. Yeah, and it raises the tension like crazy if, you, if they hear a name once. They just don't think about it that much. But if you mention this name maybe once or twice in about little weird or dangerous topics, they just start um, thinking about it and never can let go uh, of that name. So it raises the tension in, in driving them to ask why is this name coming up so often? So often in quotation marks, mm -hmm. of course. Then I like to add a weakness to the master, uh, master villain to give the players the better chance if they find that weakness to defeat him. And uh, two, uh, maybe two or three extra things I like to do. Sometimes I add red herrings to the story um, mm -hmm. to maybe set them in the general direction, but slightly to um, to an angle where it won't lead to where they need to be to fulfill their story. Mm -hmm. Not um, story breaking, of course, but just if they follow that lead too much, it gives them a disadvantage in their in the climax, basically. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Then I like to add some sort of moral quandary. Uh huh. <laughs> Start talking. <laughs> um. Wait. Let me check my notes really quick for the campaign I plan. Um, I, I think this is. T uh, I will just take over. Uh, yeah. This is again typical DMing. Like, I think every DM likes to put in some sort of prophecies and stuff that gets your players really suspicious. Because you, because every DM loves that feeling. Gener in, in, in general, in general, yeah. in general <laughs> yeah. DMs love it if they spur emotions in their players, mm -hmm. right? Y you want to get any kind of reaction for anything you do. So, if you make a shocking reveal, you want your players to be shocked. If you want, if you make a funny joke, you want your players to laugh. If you do a, 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 a terif terrifying introduction, you want your players to feel a little scared. Maybe even and petrified some sort of... Yes. you. Um, <laughs> for example, I did this once. I had this cultist, really extremist. And one of my players actually broke immersion while talking and saying, this is way too real. This is way too real for me. I need to break this now because mm -hmm. I actually am forgetting that I'm playing a character and not myself Damn. talking to an extremist. Damn. And that is, and, and I actually know that this person is also uh, hearing this podcast and listening to this. So, hi. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah, but getting that sort of reaction to what you are crafting with your players is just awesome. 
uh, it's why we do this yeah, exactly it's, it's it's why i do this to, to 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 when i see the faces the reactions that is something that actually makes these games so incredible for me because these are my friends these are people i love this these i want to see them show real emotion for something i did mm -hmm. or we did together obviously yeah Uh, so your notes yeah i found it um perfect for example in this campaign i hope they are not listening yet or maybe they forget when we get to that point i hope so but um i will create two npcs which help the party here and there sometimes and then i will give the party a problem with basically two solutions For each solution, one of the NPCs would be perfect. They have to choose to which NPC they go to, and the other isn't um, willing to help the PCs anymore because he feels not uh, not respected the way he should be after helping them so many times. So they have basically have to choose which NPC ally they lose. Mm-hmm. That is... Nasty. Hard. That's nasty. Cruel. Yeah. You motherfucker. Yeah, we haven't gotten to my um, last trick I like to use. It's uh, some Ooh. sort of cruel trick or a twist. This person, people, this person is actually the cruel one out of, of, out of the two of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Not me. Sure, Him. sure, sure. He is. He is. For example. I, I, you heard it here first. In this campaign, or in this story arc, The villain is somehow related to one of the characters. No, yeah. you did not <laughs> do that. You bet you're right. Why would you do that? Because I got the backstory notes from three of my group and they all had like three to four missing persons in their backstory. I couldn't let that opportunity go. Sorry. <laughs> And people think I'm the cruel one out of the two of us. Actually think that I am the cruel one. Actually think I am... Yeah, choke on that, motherfucker. <laughs> that is all your players. Yeah. yeah. Tears. Yeah, but... Drinking. <laughs> That's... Okay. So some sort of twist... I like uh, uh, is something I like to use to um, just yeah. even catch their attention even more and get uh, them really interesting to me and get them even more invested in the whole story thing. We should make a whole episode on DM tricks. Oh yeah, I think. yeah, a whole a whole a whole episode on tricks about your what you can do as DMs. Just trick your players into doing stuff. To trick your players to keep the tension, some sort of DMing style tips. Yeah. That I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah, we should do that. I like it. Um Yeah, um let's get into the question of what are some core differences we have with the typical story arc theme, which we've actually somewhat covered yeah. already. Ba but in general Basically you just have yeah? two driving forces instead of one. You don't yes. have just the author or author group, you have the DM, which is um, 
the framework of the whole basic story and world. And then you have the driving force of the player characters, which interact with this framework to make it something whole. Mm. Yes, that's actually it. Obviously, um, I think you can adjust a lot about story arcs when you're playing, because as said, as the DM and the players, you all together are the authors of a story. You know, are all the driving forces in it, so you can adjust everything you want. And trust me, you will. If, if you, <laughs> you like, can. if you like it or not, you will somehow yes. have to change something but about your end, story arc. But it all works no out. No matter how you change the story arc, you keep the structure of it. You always have a start. You always have a finish. You always need a climax. Exactly. That is something you can never change, I think, about a story, which is why this is still so persistent in any yeah. other type of media. And, and I think it, and it's being talked about. You should stick exactly while planning the story arc just to this basic frame. You mm. plan your start, you plan your finish, and you plan your uh, climax in whatever detail you like. But the way from the start to the climax, don't overthink it. Not yet, at least. Plan the first or maybe the first two sessions even of the story arc and then keep it going from there because you can adapt to what your players did and um, let the world um, revolve around them and not the players revolve around the world you build. Yes. It just um, so, gets everybody much more immersed and invested in the story. Mm-hmm, yes. Uh, let's get into the question of how many story arcs per campaign can be done. As much as you like, and as much as yes. this, uh, as it fits the story. Um, when you write a campaign, you most of the time have some sort of overarching story in your head, some in what detail level whatsoever. And to say, um, it, it is a vague answer, I know, but... Do as many story arcs as you need to get to that point and keep them as interesting as possible and take every uh, or let every story arc somehow contribute to your overarching story you had in mind. Because the overarching story should follow a similar template. Um, the tension of the whole campaign should rise to a climax and then resolute, uh, resol uh, revolve. Resolve? Resolve. That's the word. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, the story arcs uh, may not seem connected at the time the players play them, but as uh, the farther they come during, uh, in the story, in the main story, they see all little connections between different story arcs and then to the whole big picture. So there's no definite number of story arcs you should do per campaign. Mm, you will do one if you want to or not, because you have you have run the game. <laughs> um, there's always one, right? You exactly. Two. You can do as many as you want. Don't overstretch the story. Um, because that's, that's actually like you, a point you shouldn't just mention in a side sentence. Don't overstretch a story. 
because if you over, <laughs> yes. because if you overstretch it, it doesn't matter how much tension you build. Some mm. at some point it's gonna fall if you stretch it too long. You have to yes. keep the goal in sight of the players or for the players. Like, like you already said, you have this <clears throat> overarching story in this in, in a campaign. Yeah. You, like you you have this kind of story arc uh, scheme where you have a story arc that goes over the whole campaign and you have several story arcs that go over chapters of your campaign. Exactly. But at the end, this is just a graph that is like uh, you start somewhere, you go to a climax, the climb, after the climax it falls, after that it rises again to another climax, it falls, climax, falls, climax, falls, climax, last fall. And basically, every time uh, it's uh, every time after climax it has fallen, that is when you start a new story arc. It doesn't exactly. even have to be, it doesn't need to be a hard cut. It can be a very fluid and simple way around. But it after the climax there is a new story arc and that is totally fine. You don't need one story arc per campaign. You can do more. It actually gives you a great way of telling stories, right? Yeah. I, I li actually like to connect different story arcs in campaigns that doesn't seem connected at the time. For example, they um, just have to get rid of some bandits, um, save some people that get captured by those protect the town of Knowles, for example. And then maybe mm. the next story arc will be some sort of a political dispute, which they somehow got into and now have to settle. And in the last story, for example, if your story had three, uh, if your campaign had three story arcs, in the last story arc, you could connect those two because they mm. um, were all somehow motivated by the master villain of your whole campaign in what yes. sort of in one way or another that is totally correct yeah. yes <clears throat> um, yeah we talked also about pacing already yeah a little bit pace your story correctly um there's actually not real advice I can give you because it's uh, very player dependent. Maybe you have players that love to go on shopping trips for three hours in your sessions and don't do anything else. So that is also something that is important in pacing. If you have players that don't want to do that and just say we buy the stuff and you do this out of a session, they do it over the week or something, then that is also pacing. Um, so it's very player dependent. So the best advice I can give there is observe your players, watch them carefully, and at some point you can uh, do the stuff you actually want to do. Um, <laughs> uh, I am confused right now. Oh. I have found my words again. So, Very good. Um, observe your players and then after you have observed them, you can find out, okay, they want, will do this stuff kind of this way. They will take this long. So I will plan for that time and something. So you can easily adjust. So the advice is just to observe your players and see what is the best way to do the story arc for them. Yeah. 
And um, one quick question of the um, stuff we wrote about um, that just came to my mind. How do you introduce a new story arc? How uh, That's something I really struggle with all the time, plot hooks. Do you oh, have any... Um, uh, I think we will we'll make a whole episode about it at some point. Mm -hmm, but do you probably. have just some minor small tips you can throw at me and the listeners, maybe? That's hard. I love um, to just throw something at my players and see how it works. The, the best way, I think, to start a story is actually putting them all somewhere where they need to work together. Mm -hmm. Teamwork is important. Teamwork forges bonds. If they have to work together, they will form a connection. So, for example, having them all be hired by a certain guild or a person to do the first introductory adventure, which is basically what everyone does, that's the best way to do it because it works. You make your players work together and that works. You could also do something like uh, they, as long as they have to overcome a hurdle together, you get your groups together. Then the the problem is in producing plot hooks, which is a somewhat different thing because first of all you need to establish that your players are working together. Yeah. After they have, after you have that, you can introduce a story hook that I introduce through many ways. Um, It can be quests on a quest board. It can be actual newsletter articles that uh, are found around the world, which introduce that certain things are happening and someone needs to find out. Um, yeah, so it's actually... Basically uh, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yes, somewhat. That's actually not the best advice <laughs> I could give you. Yeah, you shouldn't do that, because if nothing sticks, you're just done um no there, there there are ways obviously but i um didn't really think about this but let me let me look at this um uh, there are many ways to do it like i already said so do whatever has worked for you or do you want to try um the important part is introducing stakes that your players are actually interested in your PCs also, the player characters and the players. So money <laughs> is the most simple one I can think of. Yeah. Protection. I, I have the story arc planned, which I can't get into much, but it's basically about freedom. Mm -hmm. And if everyone wants the same thing, they will work together. And that's sure. the stakes. They need to work for their freedom because they are slaves or something. I cannot get into this because my players are uh, listening to this and if they hear this, they will know how that story, if I'm ever gonna tell it with them, actually works, so I won't. Yeah. It's basically just, they need to fight for their freedom, they need to do this together, and if they don't, they fail, and if they do, they have a small chance of succeeding, actually. And how do they make that small chance, chance higher or better? Yeah, all right. Just a common goal is the best way to introduce a plot hook, I think. Mm -hmm. That common goal being the plot hook. All right. Um, yeah, so that's why uh, with the last few episodes, w which have built up to this, actually, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. when you look <laughs> at it, because 
We had working together is important. Yeah. We had session zeros, which was the last episode, and the episode between that was character backstories. Yeah. All that stuff is something that you need to do for your actual plot talk. You, if your players can work together, you can, well, you can give them a plot talk which makes them work together. You, when you get the backstory and the session zero done, you have an you have an idea what plot hook actually works, mm-hmm. what device you can use to make your players work together and create this plot you want to create. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is the perfect seventh episode. I actually did not think that this would go as good as it did. <laughs> yes, but it did. So thank you, people on Twitter that voted for this. Actually, I did not think this would work that well. Yeah, it, it just it just fit in naturally. Yeah, it somehow did. Very nice. So, do we have anything else regarding story arcs? Because I don't. Do you? Uh, not really. Like this is, uh, I think this is the perfect way to end this episode, right? Yeah. So. Um, um. Basically, stick to the, in quotation marks, classic template for the framework of your story arc. Don't overplan it, because you cannot um, factor in the choices your uh, player characters will will make. Because you have um, two driving forces, the players and you as the DM. And... Don't overstretch it because then you will actually lose the tension no matter how much you build it. And yeah, have a start, climax, finish. And have the maybe the great, greater story, uh, campaign arc in the back of your head while you write the story arcs. That is basically the best thing you can do, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think there's nothing. And if you like to be cruel like me, just add some little annoying, nasty twists in your stories, like the villain being Mm -hmm. related to one of the characters, for example. Yeah. Basically that, yes. So, um... Yeah, this was the seventh episode of Double DM Podcast. I hope everyone listening to this enjoyed the episode. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I did. I hope you did too. I did as well. It, it was, was a very great. fun one. I want to shout out uh, the Beige Gang and Hope for TTRPGs because I need to do this every episode, it seems to me. Yeah, and thanks for connecting <laughs> all the beautiful people on this Discord server, for example. It is just I think awesome. Hope knows how much I love her for that, but I still need to shove it down her throat every time <laughs> I get the possibility to. So thank you, Hope, for everything you've done. My life has been significantly better since you stepped into it and all the people that came with you, obviously. Yeah. Plus one for um, that. A big plus 100 for that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, I think we are finished. So um, follow us on Twitter uh, at Double DM Part. 
And follow us on Instagram, which is also at double DM port, right? Exactly. It's it's basically always the same. Um, follow us on Spotify or wherever uh, you get your podcasts. We are basically on every platform, I think. Uh, not Deezer yet. And Google Podcasts has some sort of issue, which I'm trying to fix in the course of this coming week. So nearly everything. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I'll try to add it to Deezer podcast we will as get well. That but done. But it will take mostly where you find podcasts. Yeah. We are to be found. Anchor, Apple, um, Spotify. We are there. I hope everyone joins us for the eighth episode, which will be about homebrew rules and our table rules. So what do yeah. we introduce as rules to make the game different for us, which make the game better for us, or and rules that we have introduced at our tables and why we came to those rules and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah so we are finished so i would say Thanks. thank you everyone for listening thank you for joining stay awesome and we will see you guys next week have a nice evening or day or whatever have a nice day see you then whatever bye bye, bye.